Hey everyone, it's Laura Jackson here from FitChicks Academy and on today's episode of FitChicks Chat, I am rolling solo without Amanda because I have a super awesome guest interview where we're going to be talking all about the benefits of fascial stretch therapy. So joining us today is Sarah Mariano, who's the founder of The Stretch Therapist. She, as a competitive athlete, she had dealt with a ton of different injuries and after taking time off to research and study recovery for her own health, she ended up falling in love with fascial stretch therapy for injury prevention, for building back strength in her body, for mobility, and all the amazing benefits that so many of us overlook when it comes to our fitness regimes. So through this, it propelled her to study and get certified as a fascial stretch therapist, where she opened up her clinic in downtown Toronto and now has gone mobile and is adding to her team to be able to uh, help more people with the benefits of fascial stretch therapy. Not only is she helping everyone from new moms, people who are injured and athletes, she also has worked with a ton of celebs from actor Will Smith, um, celebrity trainer Harley Pasternak. WBFF pro fitness model, Hattie Bodel, and a ton of different professionals in the NFL, the NBA, the CFL, the PGA, the MLB, the MLS, and the OHL. That's a lot of letters I know, but this girl knows what she's doing. She's a super amazing woman. I absolutely love chatting with her. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, Sarah Mariano. Welcome to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast, where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness for women to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. And now, your hosts, Laura Jackson and Amanda Quinn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. We are talking business today, and we have a super awesome guest. Sarah Mariano from The Stretch Therapist. Hi, everybody. I'm so freaking excited for this conversation. (laughs) So the first time we met, and we've had Sarah on the podcast um, to do an interview actually about fascial stretch therapy, so check that one out as well. But when Sarah and I first met, we actually met at a business networking event and kind of connected over talking about business. And you are like me, you are just as passionate about your craft in um, stretch therapy as you are about your business. So I'm so pumped to be talking about this with you today. Okay, so I want to start off by asking you, just tell us about your business. Like, how did you start your own business? How did this even come to fruition? Um, It's so interesting because we get that question a lot. Um, asking how to become a fascia search therapist and how do you grow it into a full-fledged or a, a legitimate business, which I still think we're kind of really far from, but, you know, like you said... Don't downplay yourself, girl. <laughs> yeah, be grateful, um, which I've been practicing a lot more every day. Um, and I'm very thankful for what we've accomplished so far and what I've accomplished so far. Um so how did I build this business? So I started off as a personal trainer. I've been in the fitness industry for about 10 years, and I'm still a certified personal trainer. And um, like I mentioned in the other podcast episode, how I became a fascial stretch therapist is because I was injured, and then I, eventually I wanted to supplement helping my current training clients, and then it just kind of became, you know, 
history. And then I decided to just be a fascial stretch therapist. But that being said, how do you build that business? Because as a trainer, just every personal trainer struggles to build a business because we're not taught the business side of things. No. So I was, sorry, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you just one second. Were you like always just a person, like I'm not saying just a personal trainer, but was that always your career or did you have a pre-personal training career? No, I, uh, okay. I graduated from university and then I was a server for like six months and I fucking hated it. <laughs> and um, it was awful because I, I tend to want to please everyone. I'm an over-pleaser. I oh my God, yes. Everyone, which is why I'm an awful manager. Yes. <laughs> right? I don't want to upset anyone. So as a server, I was off. I mean, I was a good server, but for me, it was so stressful because I wanted to please everyone. Um, so after six months, I um, was introduced to someone who worked at Good Life, um, which is a big fitness chain here in Canada. And um, then I went straight into sales. I was a membership consultant sales rep for two no a year and I killed it I was really good at sales but again it was stressful because I want to please everyone and I'm competitive so like that mixed together is just is brutal um lots of long hours and I, I want to be number one all the time so it's just like but I don't want to upset anyone so it's just it's an awful game to play within yourself um and then I finally switched to personal training and then I now fashion start therapist. I always find it so interesting to ask that question for people who have opened their own business. Cause it's like, were you always entrepreneurial? Like, you know, were you someone, cause even, I mean, even working in sales at a gym, you definitely, there is a part of you that is entrepreneurial cause you have to essentially make your quotas. You have to figure out ways to build your business in a sense. You know what? Now that you've mentioned that, I realized I didn't know I was an entrepreneur. I never grew up thinking I would be. I come from, you know, an Asian family. My parents are immigrants. And so it was, it was kind of a doctrine to, to focus on studies and become a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and of course, that never jived with me and my, my authentic truth. So, um, and I was always an athlete, um, athletic and I was always into movement. I was an outdoorsy person, etc. So naturally fell into personal training. Um, and then uh, I was working at Good Life. And I don't know if you know how Good Life operates as a corporation. So you're working long hours, you're getting paid not very well. And you're struggling to try and get these these clients off the floor, but you don't really understand full sk uh, sales skills or tactics. Yeah. Um, Anyway, after working at Good Life for about two years, less than two years, I couldn't handle anymore. And I was like, I can't do this. And I quit. I didn't even have a job lined up, any job prospects. I didn't even think to start my own thing not at all. And I even applied to Apple. Like, <laughs> anyway. Um, and then I met, um, I met a friend um, who introduced me to um, my friend now, Ray Ortiz who opened a boot camp. I know who he is. Yeah. 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 So we, um, he, uh, him and I were, well, the year he won top fitness professional in Canada, I was in the top three. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so he sat me down and he was like, I'm looking for a boot camp instructor. And 
I was like, oh, oh, I'm getting out of the trading business, whatever. And he's like, well, let's just have a conversation. I put him through a, a session. He's like, that's fantastic. And I was still kind of unsure. And he's like, have you ever started thinking about starting your own business? I was like, hell no. I never took a business course in my life. I was always in science and English in university. Yeah. Um, so he sat me down and he basically convinced me over time to start my own thing. And he's like, you know, I'll start you off with a few classes and then I'll give you the tools for you to start your own thing. And, obviously took a while, took some years for me to, first of all, find the confidence that I could do that. And um, to put those skills I learned as a sales consultant and a trainer to good use and then networking, and then um, understanding marketing and, you know, still learning all those things. But I hustle hard, because then I realize I prefer to work for myself. And I don't do well with authority. <laughs> oh my God, you are like my kindred spirit. <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel that connection. Um, and um, yeah, and then since then, I started my own personal training business and I was like that personal trainer that was driving to everyone and um, being stuck in traffic and, um, you know, I wanted to ensure my loyal clients were taken care of so I never raised the rates even when things were getting more and more, uh, you know, busy and, um, I was just, eventually I got into a good flow. I had really good steady income and I was happy. I was living downtown. I made these connections, but then, um, I don't know, I wanted more. And that's me personally. I wanted more. And then that's when I started taking more courses, networking more. And then, um, you know, I decided to, as I mentioned, switch everything to FST. And that was a whole different ballgame because the same marketing tactics didn't work for personal training, right? Because this is recovery. This is like a, some people might consider a little bit more clinical and things like that. So I had to restart everything. And it started with God bless Instagram. So, and it didn't happen overnight. I had to learn how to utilize Instagram to my advantage. And I'm, I always try to tell people that it wasn't just an overnight success. Like somebody just saw me on the explore page and then I just started blowing up. I spent two years trying to build my Instagram and for two, no, I started Instagram in 2012. Um, but I didn't take it serious. It was like a personal account. Um, but I really tried to build it from 2014, 2015. I, tried to use it to help my business, but I didn't know how, I didn't know messaging, I didn't understand marketing, branding. Eventually when I quit personal training and started FST in the summer of 2016, that's when I took Instagram more seriously and I started watching free webinars on how to um, you know, optimize your Instagram, marketing techniques, blah, 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 clickbaity titles, blah, like anything. And I tested everything and a lot of shit didn't work for months and months and months and months. And then finally I find, found my groove in September of 2016 and I remember it so well. I finally posted this video and I said, okay, you know what? I'll just keep it simple and just provide information. People want information. And it was a tool for me to study to become a better therapist. Yeah. And so I started putting out that content and that just started to take a little bit more traction, more and more and more. And then I started to see it more. And then I, it gave me that momentum I needed to keep going. I love that. And I also, the thing that I love having these conversations and these business conversations is that it's like pulling back the curtain of what really happens. Cause as you said, it wasn't an overnight success. And a lot of people listen to this podcast. They're in the fitness or nutrition industry. They're looking to launch their business or they have a business and they're looking to take it online and all these things. And it's like, 
you know, right now we're in this world of like, you know, hundred K in 10 days or whatever these coaches are promising. And it's like, no one is an overnight success behind that overnight success is years of getting to that point. And I think we have to be realistic about it because there's so many times that I see people who have amazing programs, amazing products are amazing coaches and they quit because they feel like they suck because it's not taking off right away. And I'm like, no, you have to keep at it. Like it's not. Yeah. It's tough. Um, you know, and it's, it's a big hit to the ego when things don't really, For sure. you know, make a splash or you don't find the success you're looking for. I was like super close to giving up on Instagram. Um, but something inside me, I think it was also because I was really grateful for Instagram because back in the day, <laughs> in my 20s or when I was in university, everything was, even when I was working a good life, everything was cold call. I yep. hated it. I hate it. And I remember when I was in university, I had a job, I tried a job where you have to knock on people's homes and try and, and convince them to let you paint their their homes. Oh my God. I had a job too where I actually would call people. This was like in like early high school, call people and try to sell them vacuum cleaners. Oh like, my God. It's, that's the word. It's completely cold. No warm leads, nothing. And I hated it. I hated the way it made me feel like a failure. And then, so when Instagram came out, I didn't want to completely give up on it. Cause I'm like, well, it's either this or I go out to, to the mall and hand out flyers again, or like go to gyms and hand out flyers. And I hated being that person. I hate, I hate standing there and trying to convince someone who doesn't even know you. And it's just such a disingenuous relationship for me. Yeah. I am building genuine relationships. So I was like, okay, let's just make this work. And thankfully I didn't give up and I really tested things. Try, try, tried, learn, learn, learn. I started to connect with more business minded um, entrepreneurs, pick their brains um, and just hustled, you know? And I think people don't realize there's more to just posting every day. There's so much more to that, you know? And I think we had this conversation at that dinner where you know, I always coach people because I do some private consultations for business coaching is, you know, how do you build your Instagram? And there's so many different facets and it's not the same um, formula for everyone, right? How I build mine might not necessarily work for so-and-so, so but I will give them guidelines and ask them the like pertinent questions they need to know in order to move forward with branding themselves and marketing and then getting themselves out there. Well, and that's where, you know, even when you were saying about what you originally had to do about, you know, handing out flyers and all of that stuff, even for us, when we started FitChicks 10 years ago, you know, online marketing at that point was essentially like Google, I think was just coming out. You know, you had a website and like we did the same, we were postering all the time and volunteering at events and hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, you know, we old school because I remember seeing your. Remember, I told you I saw your stuff in the newspaper and on like you know the banisters of light fixtures and, and things all over the city. You yeah, so old school, right? It was, and that is where also you know my background too. I went to school for business for marketing, and people are like, oh well, that's why you know how to do this. I'm like, oh god, no. I'm like, when I went to school in 2002, they were teaching us about buying an ad in a newspaper or putting up a poster. Like it wasn't about digital marketing. So I had to teach myself all this stuff as well. And it's like, you know, if you and I can do it, anyone can do it. And that's what I always tell people. Like, I'm just like, don't, 
you know, we had, we had talked about this actually in our last podcast. There was a statement that this woman, Lisa Nichols made, uh, would just totally resonate with me was don't make me extraordinary. So you get off the hook. So like when people are like, Oh, you can like, Oh yeah, you can do it, but I can't do it. And I'm like, no, don't put that on me. I just put in the time and I put in the work and I'm still putting in the time and still putting in the work, you know, like I spend just as much time on my business as I do on educating myself on new channels of marketing, on sales positioning, on how to, you know, write good copy. Like all this stuff is, it it suddenly goes from being like you, you know, what you thought you started a business for is not even what you spend your time on doing. (laughs) And you guys missed it um, before we went on recording uh, we were talking about like understanding every facet of the business like maybe not deep diving because we're never going to be complete tech nerds but um we were just talking about how yesterday i had a meeting with my tech team and it was just over my head but i i I have to persevere and understand the basics of it so that we can develop a proper strategy to move the business forward exactly like there's there's a lot of stuff that you know it's I don't want to scare people, but I want to have the honest conversation of like, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, it's not, if you're a personal trainer or if you're a nutrition coach or if you're a fascial stretch therapist, it's not just about putting up, you know, like you said, putting it up on Instagram, putting up a post online and saying, Hey, I have a business, sign up for my program. Yeah. Yeah, Like you have to invest the time in learning how to position yourself, how to market, how to sell. Like, and that's one thing that, you know, for me, I wish I would have done that earlier because we had success very early on, but I think it's because a, we got in at the right time and B, we marketed like, like we like blanket bombed the areas that we were in. Yeah. You saw the opportunity and you took it seriously and you went hard. That's the problem. Um, people just assume, Oh, you had the opportunity. You're the first to use fascia stretch therapy on Instagram. That's why you're so popular now. Don't um, undermine what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like not to you, to them. Like why would, to me that undermines your hard work. And I know it's a reflection of their insecurity. So they're yes. trying to find their minds why they're not successful. So they, you know, obviously, um, you know, in return sort of insult us, but I know it's not personal. They're just trying to wrap their minds around, why they haven't found the success yet. So, um, but you know, what I can tell your listeners is that you are going to feel like a failure for so long. Even when you find modicum of su- a modicum of success, every time you're still going to feel like a failure. So uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I want to people to understand that failure is a mindset. So use that. And you know, when you say failure, there's just so much negative um, connotations surrounding it, but Failure is great. That's how you learn. Otherwise, if you're good at everything, you'd never learn anything new. And life would be very boring. Completely. And I think, you know, I talk a lot about this on the podcast too, because as much as I spend mastering my craft in fitness and nutrition, as much as I spend studying business, I also spend just as much time on my own personal mindset and my personal growth, because I know if I'm not strong, I can't give myself to those things. But, um, the thing that I, I think is interesting is the more you start to understand human behavior, also the better salesperson you'll become, but you realize that we're all the same. And as soon we set these goals and as soon as we reach the goal, it's human behavior to push the needle even further. Like we never take a moment to stop and celebrate what we've done. So like your first goal might be to get one client and then suddenly you get that one client and you don't even celebrate it. Cause you're like, well, I only have one. I want 10 now. 
and then you get 10 then you're like, well, I want hundred. You know what I mean? Like it's this idea of we constantly just keep moving forward, which is a good thing to keep going, but we've got to also, but what's the point if you're never going to be satisfied or like take a exactly. Home? Right. So, um, I a hundred percent agree. It's funny you brought that up because lately I've been like this whole year, I've been practicing gratitude more and more and just being more grateful about the little thing. And it's actually made me a happier, you know, in my everyday life and be just even more confident to move forward because I'm like, Oh shit. Like, like the other day, this is a big win for me and I really wanted to celebrate it. Um, the, you know, I connected with one of my childhood basketball heroes, Grant Hill. Oh my God. Awesome. And, um, and I stretched him a couple months ago and he's back in town for the Raptors. Obviously we were just talking about the Raptors. Yeah. And so we reconnected again. And like, that's a huge win for me because I love, I loved Grand Hill growing up. Still love him now. He's such a great person and he's married to, uh, to Mia, which whom I also really love. <laughs> um, so little wins like that. Um, I, I girl, that's not a little win. That's a big win. <laughs> And that's what I mean. Like, I never really took it as a big deal. And, you know, other people around you are going to bring you down to like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's cool. But they kind of downplay it. And again, it's a reflection of their unhappiness. So um, now I take a moment and celebrate. And I never used to do that. So it's really important. And I found now that I celebrate the little things, it propels me to want to do more, more so than before. Yeah, there's a lot, like, I'm in a very big place right now focusing on that, on gratitude, on joy, on, um, it's interesting. I don't know, do you know Brene Brown at all? Okay, so I'm, like, right now, I use her books as, like, reference material. Like, I literally read through it, like, nonstop. But I'm, like, rereading it, and I'm having these, like, aha moments of, like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is what I was supposed to get from this. But one of the things she talks about is most people who are living wholeheartedly and who are living in joy, because joy is one of the hardest emotions for humans to stay in because we are not built that way. Like essentially this is one thing I always try to explain to my students and my clients and everything as well is that like, we're, we're, we're built to be negative, right? Like human beings are meant to look for threats. We're meant to look for, is something going to hurt us? Is something going to take our baby? Is a dinosaur going to eat us? Like that's part of our natural, um, basically like we're naturally built to look for threats. That's how we stay safe. The problem with modern day society is we, the threats now that we're looking for are like, I'm jealous of so-and-so or like, I'm not good enough. Like we're creating these, they're not physical threats to our health. They're like threats to our ego. So focusing on joy, it's really hard because we're always looking for the bad things, right? Like we're always looking just to protect our. Yeah. So gratitude is one of the most underrated tools to keep you in a place of joy and and most people who live wholeheartedly she was talking in the book gifts of gifts of imperfection about um they have learned how to be like have gratitude for the small things and i know it sounds fluffy to say that but the majority of us we don't have that gratitude of like because if tomorrow if i was and i thought about this while i was reading it sorry i'm kind of rambling but when i if i was on my deathbed and there was something that i would want to do would it be in that moment that I'd be like, I want to build a seven figure business or I want to, in that moment, I'd probably be like, I would just give everything, just have one more afternoon with my husband on the couch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that makes me feel choked up, but it's like, that's the stuff that while I have that, I don't want to be wishing that I had the million dollar business yeah. a year versus, you know what I mean? Like, 
yeah, you want to have a good balance. And so I think um, going back to like the business side of things, and that's tricky. I'm still trying to find that balance myself. I think I've been doing a little bit of a better job, but it's, you know, small steps. Um, but, you know, when it comes to building the business, like specifically the fascial stretch therapy business, um, it was, it had its challenge. Like we were just discussing, you know, a lot of people, um, in any time that you start to build something successful, you're going to have a lot of haters, right? Yeah. A lot of people would, um, degrade me to little things like, oh, she's just a pretty girl. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Oh, she's pretty. That's why she has a big Instagram following. Oh, uh. they look at my, my beauty first and they look at my beauty first and my in- intellect second, or they don't even consider my intelligence. Um, where I've always considered myself a very intelligent person growing up. You know, I always had straight A's. I was gifted, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so for me, it's been, and I'm not saying, well, it was me, whatever. I'm just showing you the realities of everyone has different hurdles to overcome. For me, currently, I have to showcase that I am an intelligent person who, and a therapist who knows what they're talking about. And I have to battle those trolls online that tell me, get a real job, blah, 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 or things like, I do get that. And, you know, people are surprised, but, you know, Again, it's a reflection of whatever is going on in their lives. I try not to take it personally, which is hard for me because I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> but, you know, that's something I have to battle. And I, I am grateful for some of these battles because they're making me a better therapist. Yep. So the tools are making me a better therapist, a be- better businesswoman, and a better person. So be prepared to have a lot of these challenges, but understand with the intention that they're going to make you better and any of these failures that um, you're afraid people will see, embrace them as a learning experience. And I know everyone says that, but for me, I'm trying to understand that a little bit deeper in my soul. Now, every time I feel like I'm a little nervous and afraid, I know that I'm going to come out on the other side with more information, uh, better tools to equip myself and to be happy in my life. I love it. I love it. It's so hard. And this is the emotional side of it. And I want to, I'm going to ask you some more technical questions about your business after, but I think this is one of the biggest things, especially for women getting into business. Anyone who's listening to this is the getting over that feeling of number one, being judged by other people. Number two, getting negative feedback. Number three, feeling like a failure because it's enough to stop you in your tracks. It really is. And that's why I think it's so important if you are becoming an entrepreneur or if you have your own business, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. You need a business coach. You need a business group. Like we have our free, um, Fitchix. I'll just plug our group for a second. Our build your online fitness and, um, build your online fitness and fitness and nutrition business. Um, it's a Facebook group. If you just search Fitchix Academy, you'll find it coming up. We have a free business challenge that we run, but it's so important to be a part of a community because when these moments come up where you feel like someone posted on my, you know, on my Instagram that my program sucks or that like, who the hell is she to talk about fitness? You know, she needs to lose 20 pounds or whatever the stupid people post. You know what I mean? Like it is, it can, especially the first time it's going to sting, going to sting. But yeah. system. Yeah, to be able to unload that and to be able to hear, I think for me, the most, the biggest thing that helps me in business is to hear someone else say me too. 
Like when I talk to you and I'm like, oh my God, you're like, I couldn't figure this out. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm like, oh my God, me too. You know, and then it just makes me feel like, okay, but we can do this. You know what? Um, so, you know, going back to your question about how I came to build my business, especially mm-hmm. training, et cetera, I found, sure, I found some success with Instagram to start, but I started to feel a plateau um, you know, I started getting all these great clients and then, you know, I had a steady uh, clientele and income and I was getting, my brand was getting out there. It was great. Um, but I started to feel sense of plateau coming because I didn't have that support system. I didn't have a community. And for a long time I was taught to do everything myself and not to ask for help. I'm awful at asking for help. Oh my God, you and I are the same person. <laughs> Seriously, I'm the same. I'm like I'll figure and- it out. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, we can get into why that is. And it's probably like a, a compounded issues from back then. I don't feel like, you know, that I can't, I'm, I deserve to ask for things, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole other, we can talk about it next time. But once I finally um, surrendered myself to letting people help me, because people wanted to help me and then finding my tribe. And I never really felt like I fit in with the women's community and I know other women felt this way and I think and I do think a part of it is a product of you know media and so watching tv shows and it's always like the one girl with the boys and like I always felt like I was that girl and I thought that girls didn't like me um but then I realized I was all in my head and maybe it was manifesting that so I started to go out to more female oriented events and I realized that women have so much to offer that men don't not saying bad or good like I have female mentors and female mentors but finding that um tribe and niche of women where I felt like I could be myself and we can help each other grow and I started doing that I want to say beginning of last year it's only been yeah beginning of 2018 when I opened myself up and said you know what okay I'm gonna allow myself to connect with women more on a deeper level now a year later we've grown the business we have how many people do we have on the team now Camille I mean there's I think there's seven of us on the team now a year later But before that, it was just me and Steph, who was my assistant, my virtual assistant. Um, so in a year's time, wow, that's, see, I didn't even take a moment to celebrate. See? That. <laughs> um, we have seven people now, and we now have a more of a focus. And with Camille, my COO, we're really building out strategy, and we have a plan for where the business and brand is going to take us and what our mission is. And for us, it was to really define that mission. And now that we're so in sync with that mission, it feels like we're on this freight train that's getting faster and faster, um, which is a good thing. Like, we're super pumped. Um, but I wouldn't have had that if I was doing everything by myself. Yeah. And also, like, I find as well, and this was something that for a long time, when you were saying that, you know, you feel like you had to do everything by yourself, I totally relate to that. I felt like one thing that took me a really long time to invest in was a coach. So because some coaches like are very expensive, like I've spent tens of thousands of dollars now on coaching and every penny of it has been worth it. A hundred percent. I've had one bad coach. I think it was, but you start to realize that 
you can only grow so much as you're on your own, whether it be, you know, the, your mindset or it be your actual physical like clientele or whatever it is. Like you need more people in your world as you get bigger. And it was a big hurdle for me to invest in a coach. Yeah, absolutely. But it has been game changing. So anyone who is thinking about like feeling stuck, find a coach, like find, but do your research and find someone. We've done a podcast before about how to find a coach that fits you. So definitely check it out. But it's just like, I just think it's something that, you know, don't sit there and stumble through life on your own when you could find someone who's walked the walk and who could hold the flashlight for you to show you the way, you know? Absolutely. And um, that again is part of your support system. So you want someone who has done it or done it better than you, or is already like a few steps ahead of you to advise you. So you know, when we say coach, it can also mean mentor. It can also yep. be like a board of directors or whatever you have. So currently right now, I have a few mentors that I see weekly. And because I'm, I don't know if you're like this, Laura, but I need handholding. Like I need accountability. I need, like, I love accountability. <laughs> Otherwise I don't, I do not get shit done. I'm awful. So, um, you know, some of my mentors have been really great. And if I didn't have their expertise or guidance, I would, I don't know where I would be right now. Probably still trying to figure out the last problem, the last five problems, you know, but that's one of the biggest strengths that you have though. I find too, is that you recognize that as an area you need support and you've asked for it. That takes a lot of strength and that takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to understand where you need that support. I just want to say like to your listeners, don't allow yourself to be that stopping you from growing growing in life and in your business. Yes. Take a second, take a step back and, and consider like, why haven't I moved forward? Is it me? Is there something that I've been ignoring or fearful of? And a lot of people don't realize a lot of your behavior or your reactions to certain things is, um, you know, embedded um, or not embedded, but um, originates from fear. So you might be yeah. fearful of something. And when I say fear, I don't mean scared. Um, I, I wouldn't be the best to define fear right now, but, you know, look into yourself and what prevents you from moving forward. And you'll find that it's often fear, fear of something, fear that you're not good enough or fear that you're not going to do a good job. Um, you know, I always find because of Instagram, we're so much more susceptible to comparison and getting jealous. I find myself, if I'm going through my feed for too long and I see, people who are, you know, successful, because you don't really know how successful people are. I get jealous. And then I realize why am I jealous? I'm, I'm fearful that I'm not good enough or that, you know, and so for me, it was an important practice to stop to unfollow or mute a lot of people that was causing me that feeling of um, inadequacy. And to only follow the, um, the accounts that made me feel motivated, inspired, and yeah. relaxed. Uh, and, and it was an important practice for me to have my team, especially my um, admin intern, for her to handle a lot of uh, the comments and to filter out the comments and DMs. So, so if they're negative, don't show them to me, you know? Oh, my God. You are like literally like seriously, this is everything I talk about because <laughs> and especially with my clients and my, my uh, who I business coach and things like that is that number one, like you're either a producer or you're a consumer, right? Like you can be both, but it's not good to be both. Like for me, I'm more of a producer of content. I like to produce content. I barely go on Instagram because I'm just like you. I can't, I can't see things. And I tell everyone, like if something is triggering you, 
don't look at it because it's just pulling you back from where you need to go. And there's like, I know someone too, like in my coaching group, um, he was saying to me that actually he, his wife, she's a, she's a psychic medium and she does a lot. Like her practice is very emotional. So she cannot see one negative comment or she won't be able to work for two, two weeks. But that's what we have to remember because we're so attached to the business. Like this business is your baby. Like when people say, Oh, it's business. Don't take it personal. I'd hate that statement. Cause I'm like, it is personal. It's your life. It's you. This is your vision. Your, this is your painting. This is your artwork. This is your song that you're putting in the world. Like me, my fitness classes are my song. Like people don't like my fitness programs. I feel like you literally have stabbed me in the heart. <laughs> like, I know. That's why I, I tell my team to filter that stuff and make, perfect. It, make it like productive. Obviously we need to hear that feedback, that criticism. So like yep. listeners, we're not saying ignore all negative feedback, take it in stride. And if you need, um, and this works for me, I don't know if it works for everyone is to have like a filter system where yep. I'm lucky now that where I can have the team filter out some of the n- not so constructive criticisms, however, and then present it to me where we're like, okay, like how can we make this better? But for a long time, and it's only been a year since I've had this team for a long time, I would still read all of those negative comments and it would be, it would be very devastating. It would be a little bit of a blow. And then I would take a few steps back and I wouldn't be able to, you know, properly produce content and things like that. I didn't have yep. the energy. So, but I will say that I've gotten stronger and a little bit more resilient every time. So when I do see negative comments at time time, it's easier to roll off my back a little bit more. Not completely yet, but you know, I'm getting I, yeah. And I, I can totally relate to that. Cause I'm the same. I'm a very, I'm people pleasing is my like second name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because I, I consider myself a very strong woman, but for, I always want people to like me and I still, so <laughs> I still find it really hard to say no to somebody, to set a boundary. Like I do it now and I do it a lot more easier and it will come over time. And like you said, that first sting is going to be like the first cut is the deepest, but then after that you start to build up some scar tissue too. It's still going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt the way it hurt the first time. Yeah. And you also learn perspective, right? Cause I'm like, if someone seriously has the amount of time to sit at home on Instagram and be writing nasty comments about my hair or about my program, like what are they doing with their life? That is my rule of thumb to your listeners is anytime someone has any comment that's not helpful. Um, you immediately, I know it's not about me they're going through something is about them. Yeah. Um, and I don't down um, play or diminish their issues. I don't know what that is, but I just know that uh, attack is not a personal attack. They're going through something. And then, so I try to be a little bit more compassionate about, about it. Um, what I will say to your listeners is you want to make sure you ask yourself, how do I set myself up for success? So that includes, like we talked about knowing what your strengths are. And of course, identifying your weaknesses, because at some point when you're able, you want to be able to either outsource that or partner with someone that complements you in ways that you can reciprocate benefits and and things like that. Um, So set yourself up for success. So if you know, for example, I'll give an an actual example in my business. Um, I am not organized. I am very, very unorganized. I hate spreadsheets. And I know I hate spreadsheets. So when I talk to my accountant, um, and, you know, I still had to struggle through that. I still had to do my own spreadsheets uh, very poorly. I wouldn't get things done. But 
it was need, it needed to be done. But I knew what my strengths were and my weaknesses. And thankfully, you know, years later, I found my COO and she loves spreadsheets. You're like, you're an angel from heaven. <laughs> so now we can focus on our strengths. She loves doing that. I love the networking side of things and building relationships and, and, you know, branding and things like that. So now we can focus on our own things and we're only able to rise together. Um, so set yourself up to assess. It's always important to know where you're at, the realities of where you're at, what needs to be done, and how can you allow yourself to not be bogged down? So you want to limit those margins, right? So if you know looking at Instagram is going to get you into the downward spiral and start the depression, then maybe you should figure out parameters for yourself or some boundaries. Maybe start muting certain. I did like this huge, when I start to feel that depression kick in, I like um, unfollowed a thousand people. Yep. And it felt good. Like it was, it felt like a physical release. So even doing something as small as that, and I tell my clients, don't. So when you're looking at your feed, um, ask yourself if you're looking at your followership or people you're following and also your own feed, your post. Ask yourself, does this serve me and my business? Is this helping me push my business forward? If the answer is no, you archive that post or you unfollow that person. Mm -hmm. I love that. Because I also, I mean, every single person who I know is who is super successful in their business does not consume a lot of social media. And there's this idea that if you're going to have a business online, that you need to be online all the time, knowing what other people are doing. Some people can stomach it and they like it. So if you like it, but if you're like us. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's just, it's, but even people I know who can, it's like, really, is it, is it really productively moving you forward? Unless you're reading comments of like to gather market research. But the majority of times when people say, oh, I have to be online. Usually you're kind of just ending up going down the spiral of like, you know, checking other things on Instagram. It's so easy to do that with Facebook to all of it. So I just always think too, like for me, unless, and I know I get triggered very much by other people. So, and again, just because I'm like, I like to see it to celebrate my sisters who are like, you know, crushing it in business and stuff like that. But then there's some days where I see them like crushing it. And then I'm like, oh my God, this has not been a good week for me at work. And I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough. And then then I shut it down because I'm like, I know myself and yeah. it's taking me a long time to get there. But I just want to shift gears for a second. So you know, you said that you opened up your in-person business. So you started taking clients for, so once you moved over to the stretch therapist, opening that, shut down your personal training, how long did it take you to grow um, or to hire other people? And also second part of the question, when did you go online and how much of your business is online? Right. Okay. So uh, it took a while to grow in terms of a team, but like the first person um i had officially joined was my um assistant steph and this was back in i want to say 2017 so it hasn't even been that long i i can't remember um and i realized and this is going building on the conversation we just had about knowing who you are and where your shortcomings are um and i knew i wasn't getting the admin stuff done and it had to get done. And yeah. so I put feelers out for months looking for an assistant and I eventually 
met a friend who said, I know the perfect person for you. And we connected via the phone and she was great. And then I was able to start focusing on things to move the business forward because she was handling the day-to-day tasks that we discussed. Um, so that maybe took a year of me doing everything myself to try and build the new fashion search therapy side of the business. Um, thankfully, in terms of clientele, thankfully, and I knew I would have a drop in revenue for the first few months, but luckily I was, when I was a trainer, I was also promoting fascial stretch therapy. So I still had that overflow of clients. And I was now able to focus on just pushing one message, one branding that I'm fascial. And I, I had the, um, you know, I had the intention of becoming the best in the city. And, you know, I'm not going to say I am the best stretch therapist in the city. There are definitely, I'm sure, hundreds of therapists who are, who are better than I am. Um, and again, that's subjective, but I want to do the best I could be. And I want to be known as an expert. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had that in mind every time I'd post something, everything I would, any time I would do like an outreach and, you know, I hustled hard. I did so many free outreaches that we still do. I offered so many free complimentary stretches, um, you know, you just grind and hustle hard doing things that you don't even realize you're doing. But it's funny that you said that, sorry to interrupt you, but it's funny you said that about the whole thing when you were like, every time I did something, I thought of myself as an expert, even though you weren't necessarily an expert yet, or you know what I mean? Like you were new to the field. When we first started Fit Chicks, we actually did the same thing. Amanda and I, who's my business partner uh, and my best friend, we lived together at the time we opened it and we sat down and the day we were creating Fit Chicks, we said we're building an empire. We never treated it like, oh, I'm just going to show up and teach a class here or there, or I'm just going to. And when you go in with that mindset, yes. you treat it differently. You approach it differently. Yes. You're perf- because a lot of times people, when they own their own business, they, per- they feel like some slack on being professional or whatever. Like when you have that vision and that tr- I treated it like it was something special and bigger than it was when it literally was, you know, a business card that we had just written and like a few lines on a piece of paper. So, sorry, I just wanted to add that because I thought it was a really powerful thing. So for anyone listening, like if you're feeling like, well, I don't have the business like you guys have, even if you don't treat it like you already have the business you want and treat every client, every post, everything, treat it that way. Yeah. And definitely try your best to stop yourself from thinking otherwise. And you know, yeah. I have those moments all the time. Like even as we are embarking on this new venture where we're pushing more of the mobile therapy and that's a whole thing onto itself. And it's a new territory for us. You know, every day it's a battle for me thinking, okay, yeah, we're treating this like an empire. And then a small voice is like, do you think you can really do that? Like, it's hard. How are you going to get clients? Like, of course, have the full on conversation, but I'm getting better at stopping it before it starts as best I can and focusing on our goal. So I'd say to your listeners, and I'm sure you've told them this before is, you need to hone in on your mission. So if you're still iffy about what your mission and your vision is, um, and you know what, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more, um, I'm going to be a little bit more intentional here. Know what your vision is first, the overall vision, right? So what the, what wakes you up in the morning, what you want to see for yourself. Um, and then the mission statement will come. The mission takes time. Like you will have to rewrite your vision, re- rewrite your mission. You're going to have to do that constantly um, until you really feel like you can attach to the message and the philosophy. But while you're 
it's important to work on this exercise because then you can just focus and have a laser sharp focus on what the end goal is going to be. So it, it will be easier for you to block out the noise. The yeah. Noise. I, I mean, I've even in, within FitChicks and FitChicks Academy, we've even had this struggle, you know, we've been doing this for over 10 years and we were talking offline about how we just closed our in-person, which I want to talk about your online stuff too. But we had started with the Fitchix boot camp, and of course we had the DVDs, and we had the retreats. We had a television show. We were running all of these, you know, challenges and programs and things like that. But they were all in person, and that was great. And I loved it at that time. And I loved the, like the mission and the vision for Fitchix has never really changed. But our business has pivoted, and now it's gone from actually being more of okay, let me help you know, the client, it's let's train the trainer to then create more health. And then, you know, build it's, it's a bigger, it's a bigger way for us to make more impact and build healthier communities is to educate other women to end up being leaders in their communities. Right. So it's okay to pivot, but it's like what you said, like, it's, I find people are like one minute, they're like, well, I train women and dogs and men and this. And then tomorrow I decided I'm going to be a, a fascial stretch therapist. I'm going to add that. But then I also am a Reiki master and I'm also and there. It's too much. And you're not only for your clients to understand and for the market to understand, but for you to be able to build your empire when you don't know what it is that you're truly passionate about. Absolutely. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I tell everyone all the time and people ask, how did you become so successful um, in what you're doing? And I was like, you know what? It's because I ensured that I was known for one thing and one thing only. And sure, you know, in the beginning, it's easy to want to be like, well, yeah, like you said, I'm also the Reiki master. I'm also doing this and I also do kettlebells, blah, blah, and I do nutrition. No one, that message is going to get lost. Your vision, your mission is going to get lost. It's not going to be communicated very well. So it's always important to start off with one main focus and become an expert at that. Because once you become an expert at that, then it's easier to tell people, yeah, I do Reiki, yeah, I do kettlebells. And then you start to introduce the other things that you're passionate about and it's easier for them to digest and consume. Yeah. So always, always just choose the one thing. I know it's easy. Like we're trainers, we're in the fitness community. We want to add all the other certifications to the side of our name. You know, for so long, it took me a while to just say I'm a fashion search therapist, even though like I'm, I consider myself more fitness movement related, but I was like, no one's going to take me seriously. If I'm saying I'm a personal trainer and a fashion search therapist. And I yeah. do the when I said I was just a stretch therapist and I made the name as literal as possible, and on my page, it just says we, I, or at the time, it was just me. I stretch people. I didn't add all the other things under my name. That's when I started to see I had more clarity in my vision and my messaging. And that's when some people started to understand who I was and what I was doing. I think your branding is so on point too. Like, I think everything you're doing is so clear. Like, you're a perfect example for someone who's looking to really carve out their niche, carve out their messaging in such a clear way to look at what you're doing. Because like, check it yourself. It's like, it's no, like, it's so clear who you are, what you offer, what the benefits, are, like everything about your brand is so clear. I think you've done such a good job with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, it's, it's one of the things that most people struggle with because like we were saying earlier, they want to be Laura Jackson, personal trainer slash Reiki master slash hypnotherapist slash whatever. And that's great that you're multi-passionate, but you're confusing people. And then you start confusing yourself. Cause even for me, like 
if I pull out my resume for people, number one, they're like, whoa, you are all over the board. But I have certifications in so many different things because some of them are personal passions and some were business-wise. But like, you know, I don't talk about all of my certifications because really, is it relevant to what, yeah. if you want to see my all my credentials, I can send it to you. But do you know what I mean? Like it just becomes extremely overwhelming for people and it's not what is going to give you the validity in the market. Like your testimonials are going to speak louder than the letters next to your name. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, I agree because people, sorry, not to interrupt. No, but people want to know you're an expert or at the, you're the best at this one thing. Mm -hmm. People are going to be looking for the best um, fascial stretch therapist or the best Cairo. They're not going to be looking for, um, a therapist that does all these things really well. They want to know someone's really good at the one thing because they're thinking about that one focus they have. Yeah. Like if I'm looking for, if I'm in pain and I'm looking for fascial stretch therapy or how to get out of pain and I find you, am I really going to care or be looking, does she have a personal training degree? Does she have a nutrition degree? Does she, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to want to see, okay, this is what she does. Yes. She's got a certification in that but also these are the results she's getting for her clients. You know what I mean? This is the way I'm connecting with her on an emotional level. So in terms of that though, did you find it hard to transition when you were going? So you started to expand out your clientele and then you started to, then you, then you decided to go online to branch a portion online. Yeah. So, um, I, um, Oh, it's like 12.02. I know you need to go. Oh, uh, <laughs> I can go a little bit longer. <laughs> this is what happens. We talk business and I'm like, I just want to talk forever. You know, see. Um, yeah, so I started offline was my main concern. I wanted to focus on that and build that, um, you know, because that's where my passion lies. And then everything else, like the online stuff was born out of that demand, which I wanted to go that route because I didn't want to just start putting out content that I wasn't sure if people were going to. I just didn't, uh, I just didn't want to spend that time um, guessing. Yeah. Because the route we took, um, I established myself on the offline community as an expert stretch therapist and then asking, you know, the, my followers, what do you guys want to see? What do you guys need? Or people would just make suggestions say hey we need this 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 and then that's when the online stuff was created in response to the need so in that way i i prefer that way because then we can take the guesswork out of it and then we can put all of our resources in something that we know is necessary mm -hmm. so from there you ended up developing your challenge uh yeah so um we decided to make like a a small, easily digestible video program, which is the 21 Day Stretch and Strengthen program. And um, we got great feedback from that. And then we started to make, uh, I, I created these more robust, because people were like, oh, I want a whole program for low back pain. I want a whole program for knee pain. And so I um, spent a lot of time building those out. But we've realized the numbers, like the analytics came back, and we realized people prefer the, this easily digestible content versus like the robust programs. Yeah. I guess it's overwhelming and it's just too much to have all of these videos and things. So now we're going to be focusing on 
building um, smaller consumable products. And we'll see how that goes. I think it's going to do really well. We're just not going to make them so scientifically based because I was, um, I think maybe a little bit of my ego was going into creating those programs because I was like trying to prove to myself and, and I guess, you know, the naysayers out there that I know and talk about. So we put too, too much scientific content that the average person had trouble, like, you know, wrapping their mind around. Oh my gosh. Again, you and I are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> No, but it's like when you, when you love what you do and also like, I'm the same, I want to over deliver and it ends up being that, you know, the average person, they can't make more than one change at once or like things need to be digestible. And I love how you said the word digestible because I use that a lot in my coaching too about, you know, break it down to digestible chunks because when you're giving them all like a big piece of steak at once, they can't take it down, right? You've got to cut it piece by piece for them. So, and it's hard because as you build your expertise, you assume everyone knows what you know, but then you're like, wait a second, you've got to go back to day one. Like, remember where you were at at day one. That's the trap I fell into for sure. Totally. So, okay. A couple more questions. And then obviously I got to have you back on because we have so much more I want to talk to you about, (laughs) but what do you, okay. I'm going to talk, I want to talk challenges and mistakes. So what was the biggest challenge that you found in owning your own business? Hmm. The biggest challenge. Um, uh, okay. Consistency is really challenging. And I know that's such a grand concept, but like being consistent in my everyday uh, tasks without like a boss there to tell you to do them. Ability <laughs> is really challenging for me. So I guess it's like three things. So those are, okay. Consistency and uh, accountability is challenging for me. Um, but, and that's a little bit like more of a general concept, but something more specific would be um, right now our challenge is trying to find, um, you know, candidates good candidates that can work for us as special stretch therapists um we're looking for a specific individual who's certified but also aligns with our vision yeah really challenging that's been challenging for us because we've interviewed you know a number of people who are great but their vision or philosophies don't really align with ours so that's that's quite the challenge i think that's a challenge for most people like whether it be other therapists or finding, like you said, a personal assistant or a VA, like a virtual assistant, which you can find an expensive guy. So if you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I want to grow, but where the heck am I going to find an assistant? You can find them on Upwork. You can find them, you know, on Fiverr, you can find them in a lot of different places, but, um, that's an, that's definitely, I could see that definitely being a challenge, but what would be okay. Out of all your years in business, what would be the biggest mistake you've ever made that you've learned from? Biggest mistake. Um, hmm. Okay, I can, I can maybe list two things. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes is um, not having clarity and then losing focus of the vision or mission, right? So when you don't have clarity, obviously you're running around with your chicken, uh, like a chicken with its head cut off and that can be very frustrating and you're running around in circles. You're not really pushing the business forward. So there's that. And then losing focus. So when you start to get, you start to see a little bit of success, it can be um, tempting to 
be a little bit more greedy in, in certain things, not just financially or monetarily, but like being more greedy with your time. And then you forget to give back to the community or get to give back, forget to give back to your community. And, you know, I've found myself falling into that, that trap a few times where I start to get an ego. And so that's why it's important to have that self-awareness so you can check yourself. And I'm being completely vulnerable here. Um, I love that. No, I love it. People need to hear it. I think it's important too, because not everyone's perfect. And, um, you know, so having a, a level of uh, humility and humbleness is, is really key for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, another one is uh, it's important. I think it's important to, to deliver and maybe a little bit of over delivery. And you mentioned that I think I over deliver too much sometimes. Yeah. So that can also stunt your business from going because then you're so focused on um, spending too much time on certain tasks or certain people when there's a greater, you know, vision or mission ahead. Hashtag people pleasing problems. <laughs> this is where it's like, it comes in and I get, I totally get it. And it's boundaries and it's, it's boundaries. That's the thing. I, I'm off. It's hard. Boundaries. But is there something that you've done in your business that you're like, Oh my gosh, like that was such a huge mistake, like an investment or a partnership or something that you're like, oh, this cost me so much money or time or something. Um, okay. Uh, I could, there, right now I'm sure there are plenty, but there are two that um, kind of just popping out in my head. One was so, so, you know, we can have another conversation about, um, coaches and mentorships and I think it's important to have those but and I I haven't heard your podcast about how to find one but I Mm -hmm. will say in my experience it's important and I'm glad you have a podcast that teaches you how to find the one that's fit for you because I was too impetuous and I was like okay I'm now shifted my pivoted my business it's a different focus I need the help I need it now and I didn't take the time to find a coach that was suitable for myself So I ended up spending thousands of dollars with a coach that I wasn't ready for. And frankly, uh, our philosophies weren't aligned. I'm not not blaming the coach or anything. I obviously also wasn't in the right space. Um, So that was a big big financial blunder. So make sure you take the time to find the one suitable for you. Another one is hiring too fast and firing too slow. And I know we just need to business. Um, you know, because I'm such a people pleaser and, you know, I try to be everyone's friend. I hired people because I was like, oh, I like this person, not even realizing that, you know, their philosophies didn't align with mine. And so what ends up happening is they stay with you for a short period of time and then um, they leave and it's not always in, it's in, in okay terms, but sometimes you might have a few casualties that you didn't expect after that you're scrambling to to find someone to cover and then and you're kidding yourself if you're like, I shouldn't have hired this person. It's a whole thing. Um, So what my COO has taught me is to hire slow and, and not really fire fast because we haven't had to fire anyone, but to hire slow and take the time. That's important. Totally agree with that. It's not my skill set either. I want to talk to Camille. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. We should have her on the podcast because she would be 
fucking film. Totally, I will. Because I, I think that's an area where so many, especially if you are suffering from the people-pleasing syndrome or are a recovering people-pleaser, which I feel like I am, um, you, this is something that's really hard is building your team and hiring the right people because you just want to make, you almost turn into you want to make them happy versus yourself, you know? Yeah. That's detrimental for the business, absolutely. Totally. Okay, let's talk about two positives that we talked about challenge mistakes. What has been your biggest accomplishment? And I know you were saying about gratitude, but if you could have one shiny moment, you're like, yes, like this was something I did in my business, like that really I'm proud of, what would it be? Mm. Well, you should, you should be proud for even just starting a business and being the successful so far. Thank you. Um, I, I guess one thing I'm really proud of is um, I think the fact that I built myself into a known expert in not everywhere, but you know what I mean? Um, enough that people have referred to me as such and, um, that have reached out to me looking for my expertise. I think when I, a huge moment for me was when I started to have some of my heroes reach out to me and I never thought that it would ever happen. You know, when I was a kid, cause I was an athlete, you know, a lot of my heroes were athletes and I just thought it was one of those things where I'll never get to experience that and I'm okay with it. But I don't know. It was really neat. As soon as I surrendered to my calling, I guess building what I'm currently doing now, um, some of my heroes reached. I can't really say all their names, but like some of my heroes, I was able to connect. But some of them reached out to me personally, and like that. That is. You must have been like crapping your pants, like. Ah! I was just like, you know, when you when you get that call or you get that message or you, whatever, you're just like you can't. You're in disbelief, and you're just like, how did I get here? And um, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling, you know, I, I can talk about it and I've talked about one of my favorite, um, I guess, uh, accomplishments was, um, being able to meet and stretch Will Smith. That was a, that was a big one. Will Smith. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at you girl. <laughs> that was thanks to a friend of mine, Lonnie. She's so great. She's also a trainer and she owns a meal delivery service here in Toronto. She's traveling in the States right now, but, um, you know, having that connection and having that relationship. And this is why building relationships, networking, having a support system is important because you can build these opportunities and build and keep building on these opportunities. And so that for me was that and, and a number of other heroes were a big deal. Oh my gosh, you must have been freaking out. <laughs> I was nervous. Um, but once I got in, once I got in there and put on my therapist cap, I was fine because that was like my zone and I knew I could help him. And it was just like, it was insane. Oh my God. That's awesome. So then going on that, what is your goal? Like, what is your, what's your goal for your business? Where do you, where do you want to take this? Yeah. So we want to be able to, all those things I discussed, teaching, education is a huge, huge component of what we do here. And, you know, not every therapist, um, strives to educate their their client or whatever. yeah for us education is really important and they empower them to take hold of their lives um so with fascia stretch therapy side of business and the online um rehab side of business we want every person we want like you know this is a very arbitrary number but like a million people to be able to take control of their bodies 
um, and address their body's issues and challenges. And that's on the fascial stretch therapy side of things. The, the bigger vision and goal I have for me, myself, and my business is um, to inspire others to unlock their body and mind's potential. Because I also yeah. do coaching and, you know, the mind for me is really important as well. And that, as we said, goes hand in hand with the body and the mind. So helping people unlock that potential, because I know what it feels like to be an underdog or to be, you know, not to get dramatic, but to feel oppressed and feel like, like, for example, as a kid, I never thought I could ever meet my heroes. Whereas some people grow up being nurtured, thinking that they can do anything they want. And I never felt that way growing up. And so for me to break out of that mindset um, was huge for me to think, what, yeah. I can actually do shit? Like, this is huge. And we live where I'm, you know, and I, I'm also grateful we live in a time where we have these opportunities. And I don't want to completely. I absolutely don't want to squander that. Um, you know, if it were, if I was, let's say my parents never moved from the Philippines and I was born and raised in the Philippines, who knows what opportunities I'd have there, if, if any, you know. So I want to take advantage of what I have now and, and, and unlock and showcase my potential. And I feel like people don't realize they have potential. Yeah, or you feel like it's all trapped in a box inside of you and you just don't know how to let it out because your community might not be that way or you might not live in a place where anyone even talks about the stuff or the expectation for you is just to get married and pregnant and, you know, which is not a bad thing if that's your choice, but there's certain communities where that is literally the, your life path is already chosen for you. And like you said, I believe so strongly in this time now more than ever when people say there's a, it's, it's such a saturated market or there's no way I could launch a business. There's so many businesses. No, this is the time we have, you can launch your business from your phone. Like when we first started, I used to have to put up posters in minus 50 degree weather. My hands were stuck together. I'd be crying. Like you literally can start anything. There's so much possibility. It's getting over those blocks. Yep. Absolutely. You have the technology, you have every opportunity to find your angle. And that's, and that's hard. You know, if technology yeah. is not, social media is not your angle, there are other ways to find success or to find your passion. So you owe it to yourself to put into the research of finding what your passion is or what your purpose is. Um, and there's so many, you know, literature or resources out there that can help you. The first thing you can do is just Google, you know, how to find your passion. And there are exercises, worksheets to get you started. Um, so, you know, find that passion and then lean into your strengths. And if you're an entrepreneur and then you can build a business out of it. I love it so much. I wanted to keep talking to you forever and ever. I absolutely, I was so happy that we met and I'm so happy you were able to be here today and to be able to share all this stuff because I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who have all this inside of them or who have a business and they want to grow it and they want to help more people and make impact and make income and do all the things that they love. But the more we showcase stories, especially of women who are doing it, you know, like no one handed this to us. We had to, we had to hustle for it. We had to make it happen. And if we could do it, anyone could do it. So I'm so grateful. Yeah. Now is the time. And I'm so grateful you've been on here today to share with you. Cause I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to me like, okay, I got this. Thank you for having me. That was so fun. Yeah, and I definitely am going to be having you on again because I feel like we have a lot more angles I want to talk to you about. Okay, so for anyone who's listening, of course, we're going to post all the information about Sarah and about her amazing business um, on our website at fitrixacademy.com. 
We also make sure that you go onto Facebook and like, we'll have a link to it as well on our website to our, uh, Fitness Academy, build your online fitness and nutrition business. It's a free group to be able to talk about different business strategies and mindset. We focus a lot, not, not just on your business, but on you as well. So make sure you're part of that community and, um, yeah, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know if you like this, if you have more questions for Sarah or for me, or if there's a future topic you want to hear about, we would love to add that in. Okay, guys, thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.